Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we're continuing our reading in the manual with section 18, How is Correction Made? And... uh, Manual, Section 18, How is Correction Made? And Lesson 356, at the top of the hour, will cause to remember what 356. Sickness is but another name for sin. Healing is but another name for God. The miracle is thus a call to him. And that will be led today as uh, as it usually is by France. We are so blessed to remind us of the thought and the blessed for the day. Okay? With us today in reading, I have Charles Laurie France, Jessica, and Donna. And with us in listening is Judy, Wendy, Bryce, Patricia, and Diana. Is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to say good morning and join the reading list or just say hi? Let me ask this, which I skipped over in the usual order. <laughs> Lori, do you have an opening you'd like to offer us today? Oh, thanks for asking, Lemoyne. Uh, today I was really happy to find this from Helen Shuckman in her book, The Gifts of God. The poem is called The Gifts of Christmas. Christ passes no one by. By this you know he is God's son. You recognize his touch in universal gentleness. His love extends to everyone. His eyes behold the love of God in everything he sees. No words but those his father's voice dictates can reach his ears. His hands forever hold his brothers and his arms remain outstretched in holy welcome. Would you look on him and hear him calling you this Christmas day? 
Behold, he offers you his eyes to see, his ears to listen to his father's voice, his hands to hold his brothers, and his arms to reach to him as he would reach to you. You are as like to him as he to God, and you to God because you are like him. All that he offers you is but your own. Accept his gifts to you this Christmas day, that you who are as God created you may come to recognize the Christ in you. Mm, amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Lori. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for that privilege. Pretty short reading today, but that that well to focus on it. Um, I'll go ahead and get it started. Manual for teachers, section eighteen. How is correction made? Correction of a lasting nature, and only this is true correction cannot be made until the teacher of God has ceased to confuse interpretation with fact or illusion with truth. If he argues with his pupil about a magic thought, attacks it, tries to establish its error, or demonstrate its falsity, he is but witnessing to its reality. Depression is then inevitable, for he has, quote, proved both to his pupil and himself that it is their task to escape from what is real, and this can only be impossible. Reality is changeless. Magic thoughts are but illusion. Otherwise, salvation would be only the same age-old impossible dream in but another form. Yet the dream of salvation has new content. It is not the form alone in which the difference lies. Charles. Thank you, Lemoyne. How is correction made? Paragraph 1. Correction of a lasting nature. And only this is true correction. Cannot be made until the teacher of God has ceased to confuse interpretation with fact or illusion with truth. If he argues with his pupil about a magic thought, attacks it, tries to establish its error, or demonstrate its falsity, he is but witnessing to its reality. Depression is then inevitable, for he has, quote, proved both to his pupil and himself, that it is their task to escape from what is real. And this can only be impossible. Reality is changeless. Magic thoughts are but illusions. Otherwise, salvation would be 
would be only the same age-old impossible dream in but another form. Yet the dream of salvation has new content. It is not the form alone in which the difference lies. 2. God's Teachers Major lesson is to learn how to react to magic thoughts wholly without anger. Only in this way can they proclaim the truth about themselves. Through them, the Holy Spirit can now speak of the reality of the Son of God. Now he can remind the world of sinlessness, the one unchanged, unchangeable condition of all that God created. Now he can speak the word of God to listening ears and bring Christ's vision to the eyes that see. Now is he free to teach all minds the truth of what they are, so they will gladly be returned to him. And now is guilt forgiven, overlooked completely in his sight and in God's word. Amen. Thank you, Charles. Lori. Paragraph two. God's teachers, major lesson is to learn how to react to magic thoughts wholly without anger. Only in this okay, way Lori, can they proclaim... <laughs> Would you just read, I'm sorry? read all the way through four? I said, here's your test. I'm sorry. Would you read two through four? Thank you. <laughs> Oh, sure, of course. I'd love to. Okay. God's teacher's major lesson is to learn how to react to magic thoughts wholly without anger. Only in this way can they proclaim the truth about themselves. Through them, the Holy Spirit can now speak of the reality of the Son of God. Now he can remind the world of sinlessness, the one unchanged, unchangeable condition of all that God created. Now he can speak the word of God to listening ears and bring Christ's vision to the eyes that see. Now is he free to teach all minds the truth of what they are, so they will gladly be returned to him. And now is guilt forgiven, overlooked completely in his sight and in God's word. Three, anchor but screeches, guilt is real. Reality is blotted out as this insane belief is taken as replacement for God's word. The body's eyes now so-called see, its ears alone are thought to hear, its little space and tiny breath become the measure of reality and truth becomes diminutive and meaningless. Correction has one answer to all this and to the world that rests on this. You but mistake interpretation for the truth and you are wrong. But a mistake is not a sin nor has reality been taken from its throne by your mistakes. God reigns forever and his laws alone prevail upon you and upon the world. His love remains the only thing there is. 
fierce illusion for you are like him. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. And Fran, would you read three through five? Sure. Three. Anger but screeches. Guilt is real. Reality is blotted, blotted out as this insane belief is taken as replacement for God's word. The body's eyes now, quote unquote, see, its ears alone are thought to hear. Its little space and tiny breath become the measure of reality, and truth becomes diminutive and meaningless. Correction has one answer to all this and to the world that rests on this. Four, you but mistake interpretation for the truth, and you are wrong. But a mistake is not a sin, nor has reality been taken from its throne by your mistakes. God reigns forever, and his laws alone prevail upon you and upon the world. His love remains the only thing there is. Fear is illusion, for you are like him. Five, in order to heal, it thus becomes essential for the teacher of God to let all his own mistakes be corrected. If he senses even the faintest hint of irritation in himself as he responds to anyone, let him instantly realize that he has made an interpretation that is not true. Then let him turn within to his eternal guide and let him judge what the response should be. So is he healed and in his healing is his pupil healed with him. The sole responsibility of God's teacher is to accept the atonement for himself. Atonement means correction or the undoing of errors. When this has been accomplished, the teacher of God becomes a miracle worker by definition. His sins have been forgiven him, and he no longer condemns himself. How can he then condemn anyone? And who is there whom his forgiveness can fail to heal? Thank you, friend. And Jessica, would you read uh, 4 and 5? Okay. Four and five. Okay. You could back up for that one. Say that again, please. You could back up to correction as one answer. Okay. Correction has one answer to all this and to the world that rests on this. You but mistake interpretation for the truth. And you are wrong. But a mistake is not a sin, nor has reality been taken from its throne by your mistakes. God reigns forever, and his laws alone prevail upon you and upon the world. His love remains the only thing there is. Fear is illusion, for you are like him. Five. In order to heal, it thus becomes essential for the teacher of God to let all his own mistakes be corrected. If he senses even the faintest hint of irritation in himself as he responds to anyone, let him instantly realize that he has made an interpretation that is not true. Then let him turn within 
to his eternal guide and let him judge what the response should be. So is he healed, and in his healing is his pupil healed with him. The sole responsibility of God's teacher is to accept the atonement for himself. Atonement means correction or the undoing of errors. When this has been accomplished, the teacher of God becomes a miracle worker by definition. His sins have been forgiven him and he no longer condemns himself. How can he then condemn anyone? And who is there whom his forgiveness can fail to heal? Thank you, Jessica. <clears throat> Thank you, Jessica. And uh, Donna, would you read five, please? Five. In order to heal, it thus becomes essential for the teacher of God to let all his own mistakes be corrected. If he senses even the faintest hint of irritation in himself, as he responds to anyone, let him instantly realize that he has made an interpretation that is not true. Then let him turn within to his eternal guide and let him judge who judge what the response should be. So it is healed. And in this healing is his pupil healed with him. The sole responsibility of God's teacher is to accept the atonement for himself. Atonement means correction or the undoing of errors. When this has been accomplished, the teacher of God becomes a miracle worker by definition. His sins have been forgiven him, and he no longer condemns himself. How can he then condemn anyone and who is there whom his forgiveness can fail to heal thank you Donna and is there a new reader who would like to uh, uh, I'm tempted to say yeah let's say it this way is there a new reader who would like to read um either the last paragraph again or all the way back up to correction has one answer and read the last two. This is Sandra. I can read. Okay, Sandra. Okay. In order to heal, it is it thus becomes essential for the teacher of God to let all his own mistakes be corrected. Uh, I'm going to read that again. (laughs) In order to heal, it thus becomes essential for the teacher of God to let all his own mistakes be corrected. If he senses even the faintest hint of irritation in himself as he responds to anyone, let him instantly realize that he has made 
an interpretation that is not true. Then let him turn within to his eternal guide and let him judge what the response should be and let him judge what the response should be. So is he healed. And in his healing is the pupil healed with him. Sole responsibility of God's teacher is to accept the atonement for himself. Atonement means correction or the undoing of errors. When this has been accomplished, the teacher of God becomes a miracle worker by definition. His sins have been forgiven and he no longer condemns himself. How can he then condemn anyone? And who is there whom his forgiveness can fail to heal? Thank you, sir. Well, I this is I I can only think to summarize this by reading one one sentence here. The sole responsibility of God's teacher to accept the atonement for himself. For me. <clears throat> this is how correction And uh yeah, it neatly goes back to uh, I believe the miracle principles, but certainly also the special principles of miracles beginning from here to end. The uh, simplicity of salvation right there. And uh, I'm I'm complete with that. So yeah, just make hold the floor open. I can get That's not useful. Please care. You were breaking up, and I couldn't. Yeah. Her, I didn't hear you. Me too. I missed it too. I couldn't hear it. Yeah, I think my voice, when it falls below a certain level, my phone interprets it as noise and just filters it out. Um. Uh, yeah, I I could babble about various things, but uh, I'm I, how was correction my how was correction made? The teacher of God accepts atonement for himself, and there we go. That's the simplicity of salvation, and I'm going to stop there and not muddy it up right now. Um, so I'm complete. If anyone wants to share, please go ahead. This is Donna. Thanks, Lori. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Was that Lori? Oh, honey, I was just saying to Lemoyne. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was Lori. Please go ahead, Donna. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, this is Donna, and I lived. I lived this yesterday. So awesome, how the Holy Spirit. Let me see. I went to a grocery store that I was pulled to the store to buy chicken tenders. And at first I thought, Donna, remind yourself you're a vegetarian. But I went anyway. I'm in the line to pay the bill. And this voice says, hello, Donna. And she's under a mask and her 
I didn't, would never recognize her. She changed her hair. Here was a student of meta-psychiatry who I've encountered over the last uh, eight from 22 years. And um, so I said, oh, yeah, well, let's walk together because I was already engaged in a miraculous conversation <laughs> with a quote-unquote stranger named Christine. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I stayed with, with uh, Judith is her name, and uh, we walked out of the store together, and and uh, she began to tell me about uh, a really a problem that she had six or seven months ago that is still as real to her as always. And uh, I said, well, I'll walk you to the car. And, and, and um, we got to the car, and she began to tell me this story. And I began to offer a suggestion that immediately I recognized was in fact would be an attack because I was really I was really trying to tell her how to solve the problem and immediately in within my center I it felt like the furniture was being removed <laughs> and I realized that I needed to pull back when I just said and that was an interior action and I sensed at the same time that this sister had pulled back also. So I began to speak in our mutual language, which is um, at a psychiatry, and, and, and actually began to counsel her just with the prayers, the prayers I already use with Dr. Hora and, 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 and uh, oh my God. But the, the thing of it was immediately it recalled to her mind uh, the teaching, and it immediately changed the uh, quality of her essence. And it was a very uh, we 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 unioned at some level. And um, she was talking about sending a letter to explain everything. And at the end of our conversation, she says, "You know what, her." I'm going to do, she says, I'm going to go home and look, read that letter and see if it fits with what we have just spoken. So, and I told her, you know, how to see, how to see, uh, see Christ, to name, name her, um, her uh, family members, uh, to, to name them and remind yourself, uh, yourself of Christ and then also pray as yourself as Christ. So that that just so I was almost making the mistake here, and I got my another beautiful, perfect definition of atonement. But it is so powerful how once this I'm looking at this form I call my vehicle. <laughs> once you look at it is as trolled totally being empty and a place for the Holy Spirit to occupy, that miracles can happen. To me, that was a miracle. To me, that was a miracle. And I'm going to have one more, because when I was at the oncologist the day before the 20th, I come walking through the lobby, and there's this sort of elderly black lady sitting on a bench. And I, after I left, I wonder how long she sat there. But anyway, as I walked by, she said to me, do you know how to get to the front of the building? I had no idea. 
but it just came to me to go find so I said I'll find somebody and ask them so four steps down at the shop I go in and ask and I come back and the lady gets get on the elevator and go to the third floor I mean that's a miracle to me here was someone sitting on a bench in a state of what would appear if you were a human being a dejected and yet it was Christ waiting for Christ I am complete Oh, that was beautiful, Donna. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Uh, Thank you. That that really filled me, Donna. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, this is Wendy. Kind of the way I've been thinking about when somebody, quote, offends me or says something I am ready to judge, that the atonement is recognizing, oh, I'm looking at my own belief that is appearing in this other person. And it's not the other person that needs to be healed. I need to heal that projection so that I can become one with this person in truth, not with all kinds of ideas about people should be like this or shouldn't be like that, just to trust that God is hidden in everyone. And to criticize another person is basically to criticize their higher self. who's, you know, tucked in there somewhere and, and the admission on my part of I'm not seeing that, that the truth in you. I guess in a way the truth has to be so strong in my own mind that that's all I'm willing to see and that I insist with myself that no matter how someone else is appearing, if it isn't love, that's on me. If it is love, then there's God. I'm complete. Bravo. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Wendy. Thank you. Hi, um, this is Chris. Go for it. I, um, Thank you. Thank you. I absolutely loved what Wendy just shared. Um, it's so powerful. It's, it's right in relation with the statement in the reading the teacher of God has ceased to confuse interpretation with fact or illusion with truth. That interpretation or reactionary belief comes in a feeling and that I chose to be my internal internal experience since there's nothing outside of me not the situation so that it totally eliminates blaming others or outside circumstances so I need to trust that that's happening within me because I could say this and a few seconds later I could say it's out there in the world I could blame because 
of course, that's the ego's fuel, ammunition, projection. So how does this reading share with us how to eliminate that? We learn how to react to magic thoughts wholly without anger. I like to say we like we choose to respond to magic thoughts wholly without anger. So what is that feeling that's wholly without anger? I want to say it's peace. I want to say it's non-judgment. I want to say it's equanimity. All the same thing. So what we're I'm asked to do based on this reading, if if I sense even the faintest hint of irritation in myself as I respond to anyone, I let myself instantly not just not just eh, let me just try to figure this out instantly realize that I've made an interpretation that's not true. And it's pretty interesting because that interpretation comes in the form of a reactionary emotion. Of course, I'm a rea- in, at that time, in that instant, I'm reacting with an emotion because I believe a certain way. So for me... I need at one minute or the undoing of an error. But thank you, God, for the Course in Miracles that trains me how to, sense, how to sense the faintest hint of irritation in me. So as I noticed that, I could step back, look at that with, what I was saying earlier, non-judgment, non-reaction, peace, love, equanimity, all the same thing, and allow that past belief in the form of a reactionary emotion to pass, to be undone. Because those feelings are only beliefs we chose to believe. It's an imaginary I I've made up. And it comes in the form of that reactionary emotion. That's why I've learned not to validate other people's emotions. I'm practicing to be the accepting present awareness that allows that to just pass by not identifying with it and staying in my identity. Of course, speaking concepts will not do that for me. 
I'm complete. Bravo. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. This is Sandra. Good morning. And I loved what you ended with, Chris, which was, um, you know, speaking concepts don't work because it's in the application. And for me, the application is that I was born into a natural world which appears from the body's eyes if I don't, if I'm not under and embracing and embodying the mind of God, which is actually why I came here, was to bring God to the natural world. Because it appears in the natural world, it appears. And that's only because I've been programmed to see it that way, that there is much pain, much suffering, and much death. <laughs> but it's it's an illusion because it's 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 how I've been programmed to see that as as bad. I've been programmed to see sickness as bad as a sin. You know, I've I've been programmed to see, um, you know that that if I didn't know any better, I would think that the you know the seasons were bad, <laughs> but they're not. This the natural world was built. Because I create, the natural world is actually a thought in my mind. And it was built in imbalance. It, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's sustainable. It's regenerative. That's because I created it. Because I am one with my creator and I have attributes of my, just like my creator. So I can create beauty and harmony however if i forget who i am if i forget that my identity is with my creator not with the natural world i came here to bring my creator to bring god to bring love to the natural world i'm not here to condemn the natural world i'm here not to get angry at it you know not to see it as bad or wrong and the only difference between me and the natural world is that I'm remembering the source, where it all came from. It came from nothing, and it created everything, because it came from spirit. These are my thoughts reflecting back to me in a natural way. And if I condemn it or judge it, then... I'm not bringing God to the natural world, which, is, which has its own beauty. And the reason I bring God here is to eliminate the suffering and the pain that's here, to permanently eliminate the suffering and the pain. Because when I embrace and embody the mind of God, there is no more pain and suffering and that's the sin, is, is that if I keep choosing to embrace and embody the pain and suffering rather than the truth, the word of God, then I haven't achieved what I came here to do. 
and then I'm going to feel bad and guilty. I don't have to, though, because I can embrace and embody the Word of God, the truth, which brings me peace and joy and comfort. And if I'm struggling, I can just ask my Holy Spirit, take this from me and show me the truth. And if I believe and have faith that that is exactly, you know, how it's done, that I'm following the directions given in this book over and over again, then I got to trust that it's going to work. But when I turn it over to Holy Spirit, I got to really turn it over. I notice frequently that I turn it over and then I take it back again and I turn it over and I take it back again. So there's where the repetition comes in. But what a perfect use of time, right use of time, would be for me to embrace and embody the atonement. And, I have to, and if I have to keep repeating it and keep coming to these phone calls and going to Zoom meetings, because repetition, repetition, it really works for me. I guess I'm a slow learner. And that's only because I'm of my unwillingness to let go of my identity with the natural world. There's nothing wrong with the natural world if it's under the supervision of the mind of God. I'm complete. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. That was great. Thank you, Sandra. Mm -hmm. This is Charles here. I just I want to thank Sandra for sharing because as the lesson is I'm not alone in the world which I see and and I realize that I'm more interested in what the person's sharing than the feelings that are arising inside of me. And then all of a sudden I feel the irritation in what's being shared, but I'm off guard because I'm not aware of the feelings arising inside of me. And it becomes a block for me to going in because of the irritation. I want to avoid the feeling. And so this, this, this whole section here is a, a real big help in me realizing I'm not alone in the world I see. And I really need to be more in touch with my feelings as someone is sharing with me rather than trying to connect with that person in their sharing, in their feelings. And I somehow get it backwards. And I could sit there and be irritated for 10, 15, 20 minutes. And all of a sudden when it's over, I feel relaxed. Even though I didn't respond from the feelings I'm having, there still wasn't a correction. Because... It was the end of the discussion, and I buried those feelings again, and I went on. So this is a beautiful reminder to me that I'm not alone in the world I see and how I need to be more connected with my feelings in the sharing. When you were sharing with me, I was really feeling inside myself the feelings that were arising in me. And it really touched me deeply in your sharing. So I really appreciate that. And I thank you all for your sharing. And thank you for this uh, chapter we're reading now.
Amen. I'm complete. Well, thank you, Carol. Um, Beautiful affirmation. Thank you, Charles. And uh, we take this point to turn to Fran. Uh, Fran, are you ready or not? Are you willing (laughs) to lead us in Uh, remembrance? uh, uh, Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on is What Am I? And today's lesson is Lesson 356. Sickness is but another name for sin. Healing is but another name for God. The miracle is thus a call to Him. I shall read some from What Am I? I am God's Son, complete and healed and whole shining in the reflection of his love. In me is his creation, sanctified and guaranteed eternal life. In me is love perfected, fear impossible, and joy established without opposite. I am the holy home of God himself. I am the heaven where his love resides. I am his holy sinlessness itself, for in my purity abides his own. We are the bringers of salvation. We accept our part as saviors of the world. Ours are the eyes through which Christ's vision sees the world redeemed from every thought of sin. Ours are the ears that hear the voice of God proclaim the world as sinless. Ours the minds which join together as we bless the world. And from the oneness that we have attained, we call to all our brothers, asking them to share our peace and consummate our joy. We are the holy messengers of God who speak for him and carrying his word to everyone whom he has sent to us. We learn that it is written on our hearts and thus our minds are changed about the aim for which we came and which we seek to serve. We bring glad tidings to the Son of God. Now we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 356. Sickness is but another name for sin. Healing is but another name for God. The miracle is also called to Him. Father, You promised you would never fail to answer any call your son might make to you. It does not matter where he is, what seems to be his problem, nor what he believes he has become. He is your son, and you will answer him. The miracle reflects your love, and thus it answers him. Your name replaces every thought of sin, and he who is sinless cannot suffer pain. Your name gives answer to your son because to call your name is but to call his own. And we'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 356. Sickness is but another name for sin. Healing is but another name for God. The miracle is thus a call to him.
Father, you promised you would never fail to answer any call your son might make to you. It does not matter where he is, what seems to be his problem, nor what he believes he has become. He is your son, and you will answer him. Lesson 356. Sickness is but another name for sin. Healing is but another name for God. The miracle is thus a call to him. Amen. Thanks, Amen. Amen. Thanks, Thank you, friend. Hallelujah, Pastor Fran. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This is Sandra really quickly. Um, uh, Fran, did you want to say something before I just make a quick comment? No, go ahead, Sandra. Um, sickness is but another name for sin. It's, 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 I think for me this is like saying it's the same thing as uh, believing that death is real, that there is that the body dies. Well, the body does die. The body drops. <laughs> we, we release the body. But it's, um, it's oriented to the natural world. And I'm not aligned, you know, I, I'm experiencing the natural world. In fact, I created the natural world. We all did. But, um, it's, but it's not where my uh, attention aligns. I am aligning with the Word of God, which says there is no death, and the, and the Word of God says there is no sickness. It's just my misinterpretation of death and my misinterpretation of sickness. I'm complete. Oh, Thank you, Sandra. Hooey, this is deep stuff. Morning, everybody. It's Jude. I am, um, you know, really contemplating this because of errors, mistakes, and perception is what gives rise to the the magic thought that I am a body. It is not God's will that I am a body. And it says any the magic thoughts are are thoughts self-made thoughts, thoughts that I think alone. So the thought that I am a body is a magic thought. Now, I'm diving deep into this because I have body pain, and I'm just trying to ask for a lot of help into seeing myself through the eyes of truth. And I come to some of these lessons. I came to the, you know, the, the wonderful line that the majest, majestic, simple lesson from heaven's, heaven's teacher himself, the Holy Spirit. Forgive this, and I will see this differently. Forgive this, forgive this, forgive this. Um, perceiving pain as real, there still remains an unforgiving thought hiding in my mind that sees the pain through the eyes the mind directs. So I've got, you know, a hospital, a hospital of sick, sick, painful thoughts, you know, that I can be sick, that I'm a body, that I, have, I can have pain. It's all in this perception. It's all in this 
a mistake. It's all an interpretation, and um, I'm, it's not a fact. Okay, here I am. What are the facts? God created me a spirit, purely mind, that my purely holy mind united with God says that there is no pain. If God is real, if Christ is real, then there is no pain. I want to I wanna hold on to that. And I want to hold on to that not, not only for Judy, but I want to hold on to that for the whole of humankind. No pain, no suffering, no sin, no separation, no suffering or death. I mean, that is just the hugest, most majestic, all-encompassing, whole, whole, wholehearted thing that I could ever think about. And if I forgive this misperception, this error, this all will disappear. So for in forgiving myself, and thank you, Wendy, you know that if, if I've forgiven in me this, this temptation to believe that pain is real, and, you know, I've been in such pain that death becomes my choice instead of life. I'd rather die. I, just get me out of this. Get me the hell out of this hell. It hurts too much. I can't walk. I can't go outside and play. And, uh, you know, it hurts. So this pain is not real. <laughs> forgiveness and the power of forgiveness to release my mind from the bondage of the belief of that. These words, I will with Christ and the Holy Spirit to forgive this, and it will disappear. This is correction. I can't do this alone. I cannot bring, I think I can bring the truth to, to Judy's errors. I need help with this. I cannot do this alone. And everything I see amiss, mistakenly, or through the eyes of error, or anyone else, any brother that sees anything amiss, mistakenly, through the eyes of error, through the eyes of perception. And how can I tell when I'm seeing wrongly? Does pain seem real in my perception? Does my pain seem real in my perception of myself? Or does pain seem real in my perception of, of others, what they're experiencing? Because it's one and the same thing. My brother heals as I am healed, and I am healed as I offer healing, the correction of the perception to them. So this is really going deep for me today, and I'm shaking and quaking with it, because I, I want to ask God to, um, I want to trust in the love that God does not will I suffer from anything, and that he would help me forgive myself and to remember who I am who I am in him, perfectly pure and innocent, perfect peace and happiness, and an untroubled, serene mind. These are the gifts. Remember the gifts his love brings to me so that God can be remembered by me today. Uh, shaking, and, shaking and baking with the kids. Thank you for giving me a place to speak.
speak this out loud, hopefully to strengthen these beautiful thoughts within me and within you too. Amen. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. I, I make an agreement with you that you can be pain-free now. Thank you, God. I'm complete. <laughs> Thanks for the goosebumps, Sandra. <laughs> no, that was windy, but this is Sandra. You mm-hmm. are, as God created you, completely united, completely protected, under no laws but God's. You're not under the natural laws. You're under God's laws. So keep turning it over to that Holy Spirit of yours. If you're feeling pain, just keep turning it over and ask to be shown the truth. And I absolutely know that you will come to the truth. I'm complete. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, thank I you, Sandra. Got, I actually yeah, got thank angry. You. I actually got angry at my pain yesterday and. After reading with you all, this anger is never justified and it's an interpretation rather than a fact. It's like driving this stuff home, you know. It's like right to the core. And and then when reading the I Am section today, this morning, um, disappearing into the heart of God, that melting inward and softening and just being surrounded by perfect love accepting the atonement for myself. I'll be still now. Thank you. I love you. Thanks, Judy. Love you, too. Thank you, Judy. Patricia here this morning. What a wonderful theme in every word that's singing through each person's story of their life uh, brings to me to share one morning. And this was in this time when I knew that there was no sickness in life, but I had come to a place I really thought I knew I was dying because I, I didn't really think I could have, well, anyway, so to make this story uh, um, short enough here, to be clear. I uh, had gone out to the ocean and to live away and thought I was in the process of dying, and I wanted to do it fully with with God and, and didn't want to bring any suffering to anyone. So I'm deep in this course, and one morning... I wake up, and I'm in this mode, you guys, where to wake up is quickly, oh, dear, how am I going to get to the bathroom and back this time? But that was the world. Pain uh, defined just how to get from the bed to the bathroom and back to the bed. So I can not need to elaborate on that. So I woke up with this particular lesson, and the singing in me was, there is no sickness in death. There is no sickness even in death. No sickness, my dear. You are the waters of life. You are the waters of life. Well, now I'm hearing that, and being me, there's humor. God put this 
incredible little gesture, court gesture to laugh inside my bones to go, wait a minute, I'm just trying to get to the bathroom and back. <laughs> and it hurts too much. It hurts too much. Honey, there is no sickness here. There is none in death, and you are the water, so step in to the water. And I sat up, and I really just was mesmerized by feeling sort of this liquid kind of what? Now, this is my step, girl, the river of mercy. Step into the water. And so I put my foot down, and it was like a slipper, a slipper made like a soft. And and then I thought, oh, okay, now I can get to the bathroom without pain. Wow. And then, no. And that right foot wouldn't do it on my own. And I sat back down in the bed. And this morning, sickness ended for me. That word is something I have a lot of mercy for. Um, those as they learn to lift the meaning of the word. Because at first it was not there in life, and then this morning it was no longer there even in death. Because I am the water. And it was a surrendering to simply, I sat up again, because I laid back down. And then I sat up and said, okay, I'm the water. Now step into me. Step into the river of mercy. Your slippers are here. Step right where you are. And I just took one step, and then I took another, and another, and I kept hearing you are the step now, not the next step, honey. You are the living water. I got to the bathroom and back, and to tell you, That started something with a world that was so full simply with a pain that would flutter, come and go, or be perceived as some conflict, and then this surrender stepped into the river of mercy. It moved me to where I could start to do some cooking. I would hear, step into the river of mercy, right where you are. You are the living water. There is no Sickness in death. Thank you. Beautiful. It was just stunning, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Bless you, Patricia. Thank you. A beautiful little echo of sort of the dessert after the meal of uh, having the courage to share that real experience. I would like to tell you, and, and so much gratitude for you all and this curriculum, that was six years, no, seven years ago. Then I could not have told anyone what was happening to me. No one could see it. It wasn't for anyone else to find that place in me 
that could only go from the bathroom to the bed and back and then maybe to the kitchen and then a little further and I was whole and complete but no one else in the world could see it and now I'm so grateful I lived that you guys I lived it and I can say it now it's in all of us thank you amen beautiful thank you Patricia really quickly this is Sandra I'd just like to report that you know for the past couple of years I've been dealing with um, a lot of weight loss and ulcers and and I owned it I said I created this and I knew I created it from my thinking and um, I went to the natural world for healing and have been doing natural remedies and I have to say my appetite is back there's no more pain I'm rarely nauseous anymore so it's going away and it's I've I've been combining the Word of God which I am not a body and and that there is no death and um, I am completely healed and whole and healthy Uh, you know and and it's it's wonderful I'm getting better I'm complete good oh that's so great to hear thanks Sandra I love the lesson when you are healed you when we are healed we're not healed alone (laughs) thank you for sharing today guys Thanks, everybody. This is Wendy. I started thinking about other as um, my greater self. That I've been working on mastering the individual Wendy, but now I've been called to see my greater self in everyone I encounter and recognize if I'm not seeing the Holy Spirit there, then it's it's me and perhaps that me needs healing within my mind that projection Uh, so no longer am I just Wendy but I'm everybody I encounter and the desire for all of myself to be healed to remember the truth to be returned everyone benefits in my dream from every modicum of uh, recognition and realization that I have about what's real, what's true, that love is all there is. And now, as I heal, these encounters all take on a, a healing flavor, and I begin to anticipate a greater harmony between all myself now that we're not looking to one another for what's right and wrong but looking to God to know the truth and to recognize the divinity in everyone shift out of 
of all the projecting and recognize, oh, my oneness is here and here and here and here. It's with everyone, and I now I'm very invested in seeing the best in anyone I can encounter because it's me but becoming God. We're all turning around and revealing the oneself. I'm complete. Excellent. A lovely description of Christ's vision. Thank you, Wendy. Yeah, thank you, Lynn. That was great. Thank you. Okay, you're pulling Patricia out here between this magical time I do between solstice and Christmas, which is those three days, you know, of uh, beautiful three days of birth. To tell you that in the new dictionary, the word death just simply means the be- new beginning. Thank you. Mm. What an excellent pointing. Thank you, Patricia. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm I'm really gotta jump back in. I get too tickled for this because I'm kind of writing this vision. I'm 77 and uh, claimed to have been died several, dead several times. <laughs> Here I am, and I've got this notion that there is no sickness even in what is going to be a physical new beginning, meaning the death of this body of Patricia. So I'm really excited about being able to verbalize this kind of awareness of maybe another language birthing in us, an eternal self. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Gorgeous, yes. Thank you, Patricia. This is certainly bringing me out, too. I guess I've had a lot of experience with healing, healing this body. Uh, Healing is but another name for God. And for me, there's a commitment required there commitment to, to to train my mind by showing up at these calls and in studying the material a commitment to comforting this this body which is trying to tell me something trying to tell spirit that it's that it's it's uncomfortable it's you know something is amiss because that's what actually if i interpret sickness or anything on this planet that's imbalanced, it's it's an it's an opportunity. That's what it's all about. It's an opportunity to make a change, to do to do whatever is required for healing. And it and it requires commitment. It requires because we're living in this particular construct, time, effort, energy, commitment. 
to the truth of who I am and to discovering through, because the body's always just talking to me. It's neutral. I don't have to get angry at it. It's just telling me there's something that needs to change here. And then it's up to me to keep bringing it to Holy Spirit until I'm inspired. What is it that I need to change? Is it is it diet? Is it exercise? Is, what is it that needs to change? Because these bodies are amazing and they will heal and they do regenerate. I'm living proof of it. Cancer twice, an ulcer, rheumatoid arthritis. I don't have any of that stuff anymore. I'm complete. Those were all doctors' diagnoses. Hmm. Awesome. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thanks, Sandra. This is Wendy. I've been getting messages over and over about no effort, (laughs) which is challenging for me because particularly with exercise, which has been a, you know, a strong suit of mine. Uh, hold on a second. Let me off. Um, and, and something I've enjoyed. But I feel like I'm, I'm getting these messages from spirit that say, you really don't need to do anything. You don't have to push yourself out to the Y and push those weights around and go because you're moving into a world that is really ideas. You're, you're beginning to move in the world of ideas more clearly. You were always moving in the world of ideas, but you didn't know that everything was just an idea. Um, and the whole... and, and um, Matt Kahn, you know, would say one of the biggest things you need to do is relax. Relax your body so you're not tensing and pushing and pressurizing yourself, um, which, you know, I've, I've been very successful at in my life, and it's, it's challenging to let go of the independent self of I'm going to take care of this body uh, in the way I, I really believe it needs, you know, with fear behind it if I don't do some kind of yoga, I'll get stiff, or if I don't get exercise, I'll get fat. All these, you know, worldly ideas that I was have been really attached to and, and feel like spirit's trying to shake me loose and saying, you're moving out of that world. All that efforting is really self-affirming. It's like, I need to do this, blah, 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 that kind of thing. And, and um, I can't say I'm good at it, you know. I still take aspirin. I I use a lot of magic. (laughs) But I'm trying to be brave and let go of some of those ideas and, and trust that I am being guided by a higher mind that knows better than I do. Um... And the temptation to just revert is very strong and happens regularly, but uh, but I'm I'm trying to you know embrace the idea that maybe I don't have to work quite as hard as I've tried to in my life, and trust that I am being taken over by the truth of me, 
and working with that as as a greater sense of strength and power and perfection within myself than anything I could do for myself. Okay, I'm complete. <laughs> who's the Thank I you. that's doing all of that? <laughs> a question, <laughs> who's, who's the I that's doing all of that? Hmm. Well, there's still, you know, the remnants of Wendy here and thinking she's got to do something. Are you putting in any effort? Are you making any changes? <laughs> all ideas. All my ideas are changing. My idea is that germs cause disease. Maybe not. My idea that um, what are other physical things that we've all agreed this is how it is, but it happens because we've agreed upon it. We could agree on something else that was, you know, easier, <laughs> more Absolutely. gracious. Absolutely, and I don't know, for me, to change my mind requires effort, and it requires that I be willing to change. So <clears throat> just training my mind, it's been showing up on these, on these calls. It takes a little bit of effort. It's not, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not a burden, but it does require my attention. I'm complete. Well, I guess I was really referring to physical effort, certainly changing my mind, especially in those times where you feel like you've been, um, your feelings have been hurt or not taken into account and the desire to be punitive or, you know, point out somebody's uh, lack of sensitivity or love there's a mag there's a magnet to that that I've noticed that, you know, and to disengage from it. But really I guess a lot of the effort is letting go. Just let that go, Wendy. <laughs> and I have I've practiced it some and it it does work, you know, it does help to just remember this is not a way I wanna think. Um but yes, I appreciate what you said, Sandra. Absolutely. I'm complete. I appreciate your clarification. I love you. Oh, gosh, you could pull Patricia right back up because <laughs> the voice told me clearly, honey, you know that nothing physical got you from that bedroom, from that bed to that bathroom. Nothing physical lifted you. And you knew after that day nothing physical ever will. So I know that's a challenge to put out there, but I lived it. I am the living water that moves all things. I am the water of life. Anything physical is a drama that takes me wherever else someone wants to be. No, no longer. The waters move every miracle of these bones. 77, I don't know. It's a constant heaven. There's nothing physical here. There's only liquid. Thank you.
Boy, what an experience. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. My mind is to be in the water bear, the the Aquarius. Thank you. I've always heard water was a was the representation of truth, the waters of truth pouring over our over us. Thank you. You know, one of the things that spirit said to us is that water is the closest thing to spirit on earth in physical form. I'm complete. If I may share the Psalms Thank you. Thank you, honey. Thank you. In in Psalms 1, it says, He is planted by the rivers of life. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of life. And whithersoever goeth, he shall prosper. The rivers of life. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. This is Wendy. Recently I've had this awareness that anytime love is exchanged, God is there. Then I know I'm aware that God is there. It's actively in the in the in you know Um, go ahead, Wendy. This is Wendy again. I, I hung up because there was some real loud music came on. Did anybody yeah, else hear yeah. that? Yeah, yeah I heard it too. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the line was the dance. This is, I was reaching for it. Oh, <laughs> okay. oh, oh, oh. That's always the right way to say oh. thank you. Oh. Hey, what a good sign. We just <laughs> right, we just flew right through that. It couldn't touch us. I love it. <laughs> Well, I guess in my share about, you know, the exchange of love, God is there. Wherever love is exchanged, it's clear God is present. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to say thank you all for being mm-hmm. God to me and the salvation that you offer in your own work, in your own awareness of where love is and how to express it and keep it moving 
through you and out to everybody on the call and everybody you encounter. God bless you all. Thanks. I'm complete. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Wendy. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you, Wendy. Yes, you are complete. Everybody, I'm on a new phone. Can you all hear me okay? Yes, hear you loud and clear. <laughs> Wonderful, yay! <laughs> Mindy, the singer who has all kinds of sound problems with all of her equipment, kind of odd. Um, <clears throat> well, I really love the, um, the, the way our lessons have been pointing to God being the answer to everything and that we are one with God's love, God's peace, and God's joy, and that our brothers are also one with us and bring only good to us. And I know this was yesterday's or the day before. Um, and I've got to review today's again to see. But I, I've been noticing um, unloving thoughts towards my neighbors. And um, I was asking them for things that I probably should not have been. Um, for support in certain ways and or in ways that were challenging for them and I got basically got you know please stop asking us for help we're busy and I've got these cats I'm taking care of and sometimes getting the kitty litter into the house is more than my body can handle sometimes getting the cage from the ground when I'm taking them in for treatment is more than I can handle and I, I really wanted the young man next door to be the kind of guy who would want to be helpful and he is. But my own feelings of unworthiness and fear that things weren't going to work out, um, not trusting in God and other people and in myself, caused me to be overly worried, overly zealous, and sending too many text messages the early morning of that he was supposed to come over and help with this because I wasn't going to be out there at the time. And I ended up, you know, aggravating him. And when she shared this and said, stop asking my boyfriend, he's busy, I got really mad at her. And, you know, just lashed out. And it was only my own projection of my own feelings of unworthiness, of my own feelings of, you know, not being able to trust. But, um, you know, she was asking for what she needed and what she was asking for was reasonable as far as my not doing a repeat performance of numerous text messages scheduled to hit them in the morning before he left to make sure he remembered. And I had a very unloving response, and then I apologized to her. 
But ever since then, they've been parking their cars right next to my bedroom, right next to my house, whereas they weren't before because they knew that my walls were thin and I could hear the sounds of the car. And they have a long driveway. And they were way back or way out this way to be away from the house. And so evidently, I have insulted them. They no longer want to be considered of me because of the way I um, lashed out at them or at her. And, and it, I'm realizing that it's so interesting how the ego wants to project problems onto other people. Oh, I'd only be happy if I had good neighbors. Oh, I wouldn't have to worry if I knew he could help me out and out now and again, or if he'd be kind enough to shovel the walkway that's so short between his mailbox and mine. You know, and it's like, wow, every neighbor I have, there's something wrong with them. So I really want to adopt anything I ask for. You know, I call on God's name. It's given and that my brothers are one with me and that, you know, I realized that him not coming to help me that morning after all those texts was actually for my good. That I know there are things to learn about myself and I was able to learn some of them. And yet I still find myself angry and upset about it that these people aren't, you know, my friends. And they're 20-something. I thought they were 30-something. And, you know, I know 20-somethings are self-centered and immature sometimes and don't want to give. They just want to be by themselves. But blah, blah, blah. I'm struggling with it even today. And the breakthrough for me is that I'm realizing that God always provides that I'm perfectly capable of bringing a litter in, even if I have to bundle up in the 20-degree weather and, and take it through a sifter into three different containers, put it in a backpack, and bring it up. I can do that. I can do it. I just don't want to. <laughs> and who knows if this isn't going to be the very thing my body needs to get stronger when I'm too lazy to go to the gym. So I really want to, I, I reiterated on the workbook call, um, and I think it was on this call, that the gift I really want this year is forgiveness. And we might get snowed in, and we may not be able to celebrate Christmas. I may not be able to sing and do all those things that I consider important. And I said, God, thank you for the opportunity to be quiet and make forgiveness more important than all these other things that I might not get to do. (laughs) So I'm running around to go get things for the cats and me before the storm comes. And it was like, I wish that I could go next door and just ask them to help me carry all this stuff in. And nope, I can't do that. And that's the way it's supposed to be because if it is, everything is as it should be. And this is an opportunity for me to grow. And so I thank my neighbors for being the way they are and taking care of themselves and setting boundaries. It's no reflection on me or my worthiness. It's no reflection on God. How could you make me this way and then not have people help, blah, blah. It's truly to help me find that God is within me and that in Christ I can do all things. But more importantly, that when I allow myself to let the love that is present in the situation to touch my heart, my soul, and truth to touch my mind, I see that everything that I think is a challenge that, that my ego wants to go, is really an opportunity for a huge, huge blessing and a letting go of whatever thing I think I should have 
because I truly don't know. So <laughs> I'm about to run around and get things and go outside and, and take care of things. And I'm so happy to see how I'm projecting that I can actually see this. So my commitment is to stop the projection, to love them and bless them, and know that they are here for my good. God is answering every prayer. God is in me. I've created this life. And it's not to punish me. It's to heal me. So that's where I'm at, and I'm excited about moving forward. Thanks for letting me work that out, because I feel clearer. Amen. Oh, work. Nice. Beautiful. Firing. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) Sometimes I'm a little wordy. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Yeah. And, you know, the gratitude I felt when, when I finally forgave the guy for not showing up, and um, it's like, oh, thank you so much for helping me to learn this lesson. It was like just 180 to what I wanted to do. And isn't that the miracle, you guys, when, when we let go of the body's eyes and we let God work through us? It's, that thing counted all joy. I never used to understand that. Now I do. Better. Anyway, thanks. I'm complete. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks, Mindy. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. I sure have enjoyed listening to the dialogue this morning. The dialogue all about um, escape from the ego story into the thought system of truth. And these two sections, I said it yesterday, I'll say it again today, are why, um, you recall, he said in the text, your way will be different. Uh, I think it goes something like when truth comes to any mind, when reality is restored, it's always with the happy realization, I need do nothing. Always with the happy realization, I need do nothing. I really enjoyed that dialogue this morning. But he talks about it and, and the need to do nothing. And he says, your way will be different. When truth comes to a mind given to years and years of meditation, I need to do nothing. Or years and years and years of fighting against sin, uh, I need to do nothing. He makes the point that your way will be different. And of all the all these systems of spirituality in the world, Um, described by mystics through the ages to reach the truth of capital S self all the various ways none of them are like the Course in Miracles in this respect in the respect that is described in number 17 and number 18 our way is different because our way is relational 
I learn what I am by learning what you are. I teach what I am in order to learn what I am. And that teaching embraces, embraces everything I see. There's so many places he talks about it. When you see anyone, remember it's a holy encounter. As you see him, you will see yourself. As you think of him, you'll think of yourself. Never forget that in him you will find yourself or lose yourself. These two sections, 17 and 18, describe why our way is different. And this way, he says, saves time. Save time for me, he says, by realizing that truth can come to me any time I make a choice to see my brother with the eyes of the Holy Spirit through truth. It's um, it's such a joy to me after so many years in the desert where I thought I could maintain an awareness of God by myself. And in those years, I discovered I couldn't. Truth never left me, but the living, breathing, present awareness of it now can only come to me in relationship. That's the only way called by this this curriculum to reach truth, to save time. That's why the miracle, and there's only one miracle, it's, it's the atonement. When the truth, it's the first and the last. When, when truth arrives in my mind that I am as God created me and I've never ever changed myself, nor has anyone else nor has creation then what I've really done what's really been accomplished he said is thus does the Son of Man become the Son of God thus does the Son of Man become the Son of God when that realization arrives I can no longer condemn anyone else because I realized I've never been condemned the one paragraph in this reading paragraph 4 is such a beautiful working definition of what atonement means when I see the truth in you you become my savior why because you saved me from the illusion of being a private separate personal self that was the essence of the error and when that's corrected I realize that Everything I saw before in the ego story was colored by some aspect of fear. Everything. And it was colored that way because my mind was split. If I have a split mind, I don't know the truth of me. And I will, I will invariably project that split onto the world. I'm separate from the world. I'm separate from brother. I'm separate from love. It's nowhere in my awareness at all. But I can save time. I can save time for all of us for the atonement to be complete if I ask my ever-loving eternal guide, what is this? Help me to respond 
as you would have me respond. You know, mine can only serve two masters. It'll either serve Holy Spirit or it will serve the ego. And that's the nature of the split. When my mind is healed, mine can only serve truth. And truth will give me a different way to respond, a different way to see, a different way to hear that I could never have accessed on my own. Never, ever. And by accepting, loving, embracing, not judging, but looking for the good, the kind, the beautiful, the holy. When I look for that, Holy Spirit returns those messages to me. And in that, my brother is also healed. The idea that we're two separate people uh, goes away and I'm returned to the knowledge that all creation remains exactly as God created it. A universal loving cosmic Christ that we all share as the same loving identity. Um, it's, it's, it's an explosion of the heart to realize that you're already inside me that I love you with the love of God and um, the only way the only way to save that time is to listen to the Holy Spirit and let him return messages of love to me and those same messages are heard by the heart mind of whatever I embrace in that vision it's just so um, well as I hear you all describe it this morning phenomenal um, to be jettisoned into the thought system of truth everything I saw before all the ego body illusion was caused by the error in my mind the correction of that error heals my mind and that's why healing is another name for God. Everything embraced in that vision is already healed and holy. Remember? And nothing seen without it means anything. Forgiveness. Forgiveness, as he described it yesterday in the section of the hopeless knot that gets tied up in the ego story in paragraph 8 he says into this hopeless situation God sends his teacher and what I learned when I learned to teach only love for that is what I am love's messages return to me and I realize that love is the only thing that's ever going on here Forgiveness is the retraction of my mind's errors that were a, were a cause that were caused by the split in my mind. When that's healed, I no longer see from that split. You see, if I'm looking with the eyes of the ego, I'm going to see error everywhere. If I'm looking with the mind of Christ, there is no error. There's only love. And as you think of him, you'll think of yourself. As you see him, you'll see yourself. As you treat him, you'll treat yourself. Never forget in him you find yourself or lose yourself. That's what makes this way different. 
That's why God put himself everywhere. He did. He put himself everywhere. And I can sit and meditate on that for years and years and years and arrive at truth. Oh, yes. And I can spend years and years and years fighting against the illusion of sin and arrive there also. But our way is different. Our way is different because our brother, sacrament, and benediction to us. And when I can embrace with the eyes of Christ and realize the holiness of everything, I've resolved the idea of opposites. In, in the Son of Man becomes the Son of God because we resolve, this corrected mind resolves the idea of opposites. And when the opposites are gone, creation is as it was always in the mind of God. This is God's creation dream. And it's all holy. It all is. Forgiveness retracts my error. And um, and that's why our way is different. And that's why I'm so grateful to be here among you, mighty companions. I'm complete. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. Thank you. Just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, mighty companion yourself. Well, thank you, Lord. I love that falling into the holy encounter. I just love that holy encounter. <laughs> thank you, Lori. Well, I've forgotten time again. <laughs> and so, Lori, I, 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 I'll interrupt this silence briefly asking, do you have a particular close for this call that you'd like to offer? You know, today, um, I love this. It's in the obstacles to peace. The first obstacle is the desire to throw it away. But these two sections speak of correcting my perception. And in that light, he says, the Holy Spirit has given you love's messengers. The Holy Spirit has given you love's messengers to send instead of those you train through fear. They are as eager to return to you what they hold dear, as are the others. If you send them forth, they will see only the blameless and the beautiful, the gentle and the kind. They will be as careful to see no little act of charity, no tiny expression of forgiveness, no little breath of love escape their notice. And they will return with all the happy things they found to share them lovingly with you. Be not afraid of them. They offer salvation. 
Theirs are the messengers of safety, for they see the world as kind. And if you send forth only the messengers the Holy Spirit gives you, wanting, wanting no messages but theirs, you will see fear no more. The world will be transformed before your sight, cleansed of all guilt and softly brushed with beauty. The world contains no fear which you lay not upon it, and none you cannot ask love's messengers to remove from it and see it still. Holy Spirit has given you his messengers to send to each other and return to each with what love sees. Love sets a feast before you on a table covered with a spotless cloth set in a quiet garden where no sound but singing and a softly joyous whispering is ever heard. This is a feast that honors your holy relationship and at which everyone is welcomed as an honored guest. I am made welcome in a state of grace. Thank you, everyone. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Beautiful call. Good morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day.